0: All right, Major Gift Fundraiser here with Clark Van Deventer, helping you get the most money out of your list without ruining your current donor relationships. Buenos dias. Hey, Clark Van Deventer here from Major Gift Fundraiser. I've got an amazing free resource for you that I want you to get. It's free. I want you to, to get it on your computer, listen to it on your computer download it to your phone so you can listen to it on the go. Now, I, I know how it is. Uh, this happens to me, right? Like you, you see this offer for something free and it sounds good. And so my partner and I, we were talking about this, about um, we we've like opted in to get these like free resources in the past from different things. Like you, just like you have probably, and you, you get this free thing and you're like, Oh, well, that that wasn't very good, <laughs> you know, and and we were comparing this free thing that we have put together with those all those other free things that we've we've like opted in to receive ourselves over the years, and we're like, wow, like this thing that we have put together is amazing, and I want you to get it. So, go. We've got the link in the notes here. Um, go to tinyurl.com. Backslash Donor Secrets, tinyurl.com/backslash Donor Secrets. I want you to get this. It comes with a free uh, written report. There's also the, just audio that you can listen to, where we actually interview major donors. We sit down in their living room, and we interview major donors and talk about why they give, what motivates them to give, and um, and then we've taken those interviews and we've put them into one program. So five things emerged from those interviews as we listened to them. Uh, A couple of things, five key things really emerged. So uh, as I mentioned, my partner, uh, Monica, and I, we've just been on this fascinating journey where we've been sitting down with donors who've given big gifts, five, six, seven-figure gifts, and we've been talking with them about why they give. So I've been consulting with nonprofit organizations for a long time, and organizations hire me, and one topic that always comes up is why donors give. What motivates a donor to give? Especially, right, like, what motivates someone to give a big gift? So I've had about 2,000 donor meetings in my career, so I understand, like, right? I understand them asking me this question. And based upon these 2,000 or so meetings, I tell them what I understand motivates big gifts. And it comes down to mission, vision, values. Mission, vision, values. Significance. People want to make a difference. They want to bring about change. So uh, the donors also talked about uh, relationship. Uh, how you have um, how you have a real relationship with your donors. And so the question for you is like, how have you built a real relationship with your donors? So I go to organizations and I say all these things, right? I talk about mission, vision, values, I talk about significance, people wanting to make a difference. They want to be change agents. Um, they want to have a real relationship with the organization. I talk about these things. And then I leave. And I watch organizations fall right back into the old patterns, telling stories and selling things that donors have told me they don't care about. So what I wanted to do, this is, this is how this program came about. I, I wanted uh, organizations to be able to hear directly from donors. I wanted you to be able to hear from, na- from major donors, not just in their own words, but in their own voices. So it's not me telling you, uh, like, here's why donors give, right? It's actually donors saying, here's why I give. So uh, as I mentioned, we've done loads of these interviews. We've put them into one program. Um, And let me just talk a little bit about some of the misconceptions I am always fighting, okay? One is selling projects, all right? So like you have a project to sell, a new program a new building, whatever. And like, here's what we found out. Donors don't care about projects, all right? Like you think, like you need a project, you need a big sexy project to sell to your donors. Like they don't care about projects, they care about mission, all right? They may give to a project, but only because they believe in the mission. So you're selling buildings, budget, baloney, all right? The three B's, uh, buildings, budget, baloney. That's what you're selling. But they want you to talk about mission vision values, all right Another theme that came up in these interviews is personal moves, little things like handwritten note cards, birthday cards, anniversary cards like they matter all right and I keep saying that in our increasingly digital world, they are of ever increasing value but here's why they matter right it's not. Like, like, this it's not the handwritten card, right? Like, this is not the secret to closing big gifts. Like, wow, Clark, like, what a novel concept. I never thought about it. Like, you're telling me all I have to do is write handwritten notes and I'll raise big, big gifts? Like, no. Like, handwritten note cards signify, they, they matter to the extent that they signify a real genuine relationship. And you're going to hear in these interviews, you're going to hear donors talk about this, about fundraisers who have the mechanics down, but it's like they never view the donor as anything more than a wallet with a human attached. So there's a lot more, and I know you are going to love digging into these. So I want you to dig in. I want you to go to tinyurl.com backslash uh, secrets. And I want you to get this program. I want to talk now about these five things, these five themes that really emerge. And you get to hear the donors, the actual quotes from the donors uh, in the program. So number one is do the hard work. Um, There's a fallacy among nonprofits that the strength of your program or the power of your mission will drive good fundraising. All right? We can fall into this almost altruistic trap and think that as long as we're doing good work, the money will be there. It's like, it's like believing, like if you build it, they will come right. The fallacy is that good programs drive good fundraising, but the fact is that good fundraising drives good fundraising. So another fallacy is that struggling to raise money is like just part of life. Like, like this fallacy exists that like, well, like this is just the facts of life, right? Like we, like we're going to always struggle to raise money. Right. So you can probably think of organizations, though, that seem to have lots of money, right? And, and maybe maybe you judge their programs as not being effective or meaningful as yours, right? So like you know right there, right, there's a disconnect, right? Like you're looking at another organization, and they seem to have, have lots of success raising money, but you think you're more effective. So you know, right? Like you know it's not as simple as if you build it, they will come. Like good programs don't drive good fundraising. Good fundraising drives good fundraising. So with these other organizations that have the success, the temptation can be to resent them or to be jealous of them, um, to get a chip on your shoulder, lamenting like how much of a shame it is that you struggle to raise money to do the awesome work that you do and, and you just credit their uh, fundraising success with sleek marketing so here's what I'm saying don't resent them just acknowledge the fact that they're better at raising money than you and resolve that you're going to do something about it so commit to bringing the level of your fundraising up to the level of your programs so we got this quote to get it here in these interviews get them at tinyurl.com. Backslash Donor Secrets. Jake says, here's a quote from Jake. He says, I do believe that most people are giving and want to give, but it still requires organizations needing to paint the picture, create the vision, and help those individuals connect with what that is. Without doing the hard work to simplify and quickly be able to explain what you do and why it's important. Without that, nothing happens. So do the hard work up front and it's going to pay off. All right, so number one, do the hard work. Number two, mission, vision, values. Mission, vision, values. Over and over and over again, the donors we sat down with in these interviews came back to these three things, mission, vision, values. So you may talk about specific programs with your donors and you may ask them to fund a specific project, but you have to bring it back to mission. Okay, Remember, organizations don't have needs. The people you serve have needs. So you are the solution, but you're not selling programs. So this comes back like this issue of restricted giving versus unrestricted giving. And most organizations I talk to, they have a hard time raising unrestricted funds. It's like they they can get Uh, restricted gifts, but they, they have a hard time raising unrestricted funds. So, uh, I think the reason for this is they think it's easy to sell exciting programs, right? Like these big, sexy projects and the nobody wants to give to staff salaries or building maintenance, groundskeeping, electricity, whatever. So our interviews revealed that donors are less interested in specific programs than the underlying mission. So, restricted gifts go to programs, unrestricted gifts go to mission. So, like the reason, the reason that you have staff, insurance, groundskeepers, computers, electricity, is mission, right? The reason that you pay your water bill is mission, right? So, lead with mission, sell mission, uh, to the extent that we're selling, Lead with mission, sell mission, and you get unrestricted funds. Sell programs, and you get restricted funds, okay? So the money you raise for programs is locked into into specific projects, um, and you raise less money. You actually raise less money because programs are less compelling than mission. So just because a donor talks about a specific program doesn't mean the donor really cares about that program. The donor cares about the outcome of that program. They want to get back to mission. And I talk more about this in, in one of the segues of this program. Uh, and it, I go into to why I love selling less than marquee places when I'm, when I'm selling building projects. Because I'm not selling a room. I'm selling what's going to happen in that room. And the, the recognition I give this donor, I'm selling the mission. And then I just say N and and to recognize you for your generosity. So it's not about selling real estate. It's about selling mission. Okay. So got great, great quotes from, from donors in this portion of the program. Uh, get at tinyurl.com backslash donor secrets. Okay. Always bring it back to mission. Always, always, always. Um, so we asked all the donors we sat down with whether their gifts were given logically or intuitively um, we thought that donors would say logically because we, I think we all like to think of ourselves as making rational well thought out decisions but all of the donors told us they give intuitively so to me like when I think about like a logical making a logical case for support is like we're better we're effective um, you know and then it has to do with uh, taxes, tax benefits, matches, annual fund fundraising needs projects, you know and that's what fundraisers are so often selling um, intuitive um, givers though give because of, of mission vision values, passion, the desire to be a change agent, a change agent and and the search for significance. donors repeatedly told us that they care about those things, the intuitive reasons. Um, and they used words like gimmick and icky when we talked about like what how, how they feel when donors sell the other side of the equation taxes matches annual fund fundraising need projects like just just not compelling um, so focus on, on on mission vision values and an intuitive case for support so okay now the third th- third theme that came up in these interviews, gratitude matters. So, like I always say, your donors should get more joy out of giving to you than they could get out of anything else they could do with their money, charitable or otherwise. Like your donors should get more joy out of giving to you than they could get out of giving to any other organization. There's no other organization that when it comes to thanking your donors that ought to out-thank you, all right? So, But I take it a step further and say that, Your donors should get more joy out of giving to you than anything else they could do with the money, charitable or otherwise, right? You should get more joy out of giving to you than they could get out of buying a boat, all right? And, like, think about what you have to offer, right? Like, your offer is an opportunity to change the world or whatever it is your organization does. Like, you're changing lives, saving lives, saving the planet, building a better future. That's what you have to offer, changing lives. Saving lives, all right. And when you think about it that way, like, think about it like it's not a big leap to think that this goal of delivering a joyous giving experience is possible. Like, what could you, all right, like, forget about your donor, what could you do with your money that would bring you more joy than changing the world? All right. So, in the audio program that we have, Major Donor Giving Secrets Revealed, get it tinyurl.com backslash donor secrets. Uh Jim, you'll hear Jim in the audio. He talks about the impact of hearing from recipients of the programs that his support made possible. So we have another resource that actually comes, it's, it's, we throw it in with this audio program. Um, on. Uh, we, we call it the Stewardship Basics Scorecard. Um, and on the Stewardship Basics Scorecard, we place a high value on whether or not Your organization is ensuring that your donors hear regularly from those who are impacted by your work. All right, so um, donors, like they just talked about this. Like one said, you'll hear it in the audio. They thank me all the time and I give more, all right? Um, So thank your donors. Do a good job of thanking your donors. And gratitude, like gratitude is really more than a thank you. Um, One thing that drives me crazy is when I tell organizations, for every first time donor, they need to thank them seven times. And people are like, Really? Seven times? Do I really have to thank them seven times? Like, seriously, do I have to thank them seven times? And it's like, come on, people, like seriously, like I say seven, you should be saying only seven. Like, we should just exude gratitude. We should be genuinely thankful for the support. Like, we shouldn't like it it should be impossible to stop thinking them because we we are genuinely grateful. Uh, and in these interviews, Jake talks about, uh, an organization that, that his family supported and how every interaction they had with the organization from CEO to groundskeeper, everyone just seemed genuinely grateful. Uh, and he talks about the culture. So gosh, I really hope like if you, if you can't just be genuinely thankful for the support people give you in your organization, like, it's like time for a hard check. It really is. Um, no one owes you money. Uh, no one, no one has to give to you. Like, like how, how can you not be thankful? So I, I hope that you are genuinely thankful and handwritten notes are just like an outgrowth of that genuine thanks. All right. On this point of genuism, Genuineness, the fourth thing, this quote came, you'll hear this quote in the interviews, the genuineness of the relationship, all right? So in our interviews, many donors reference these personal notes, handwritten notes, birthday cards, anniversary cards, um, like and his major guest fundraising as easy as adding a handwritten PS to a form letter or crossing out Mr. and Mrs. and writing the donor's first names, like these were things that donors talked about, is that what major guest fundraising is, all right? So in our conversation, a recurring theme um, was that these things were important, not in and of themselves, but that they were elements of a real and genuine relationship. Okay, so Rob, another person we interviewed, Rob said, he says, look, I know the computer tells them to send us an anniversary card. He said, I get that. He says, but a handwritten note is a nice thing. But it's not contrived. He's talking about the, this fundraiser who's working with him. He says, I actually know the guy. I know his family. I never felt pressured. And he says, I guess that is the biggest difference the genuineness of the relationship. So donors don't give solely based on the relationship, right? But it is a factor. All right. So when we asked what the criteria um, were required that he would consider, like what were the criteria that Rob um, needed to look at when he thought about supporting your organization? He said a mix of caring about what they do, getting somehow personally involved in what they do, getting some benefit from what they do or just a good feeling, and having what I would consider, this is a, these are his words, a legitimate relationship, okay? So genuineness of, of the relationship like. And look, you guys share the same values. That you're representing this organization because this, this thing, the mission, vision, values of your organization are important to you. And the mission, vision, values of the organization are important to your donor. Like shared values, shared hopes and dreams and aspirations are a great foundation for a relationship. So there ought to be a genuine relationship. Okay, the fifth thing I want to bring up is significance. Okay, and I, like this could... You could read this the wrong way. Like, donors are so desperate. Like these major donors, they've made all this money, but their life is meaningless and they're looking for significance. No, like this. like we're all looking for significance, all of us. Like, I want to know that that my work, coaching fundraisers, matters, that it matters to you, that I'm making a difference. I'm the search of significance. I want to know that my work as a father matters, that the things I do with my kids. Matters A mother wants to know that her work matters, right? We're all in search of Significance, okay, so um, and this this search for significance came up in our interviews with major donors And it was interesting like these two donors We sat down with John and Lori. like they were totally unmoved by a gift certificate To the four seasons, but they were deeply touched when they were named person of purpose Um Marsha, another person we interviewed, her face lit up when she talked about a relatively small gift she made uh, while visiting a convent in India. But she was able to see firsthand what a difference it made. Like there was no planning, no forethought. She just saw a way that she could help and she acted, right? And so we're all looking for significance. I want to know my work as a coach, fundraising coach matters. My, My work as a father matters. Donors want to know that their gifts matter. Um, when they feel that their gifts matter, like they feel like they can't stop giving. All right, and like Jim and Marsha, in these interviews, you'll hear them talk about how hard it would be for a new organization to break through with them now. Like when they're describing their relationship with the organizations that are most important to them, um, Jim used the term "committed emotionally." Like they're not paying on a pledge. Like their heart is pledged. Um, On the flip side of that though, some organizations um, have been able to become more important through professionalism. So I don't want to like leave you hopeless. Like we can never break through because these donors already have organizations that are important to them. Um, Rob in the interviews, you'll hear him talk about an organization that, um, that they were supporting in a minor way. And, Uh, They were very professional, the way they cultivated them. And there's this funny line where Rob said, uh, we liked what they were doing. We like them more now because we're giving more. (laughs) All right? So, um, yeah, just great, great interviews. I want you to get them. All right? So for me, I would just tell you, do the hard work, all right, like your donors – You'll hear in these interviews donors talking about doing the hard work. And I think like the hard work is just committing to not winging it, but, but being the committing to being the best fundraiser, you can be to being the best representative of your organizations you, uh, of your organization that you can be. Um, and and I, I think that sometimes there's just a disconnect. And, and we go to seminars, we read books and blogs. Um, you've been thrown uh, into a position perhaps, uh, with little to no training or guidance. Um, and, and if you really want to understand what makes donors tick, like you, you've got to listen to donors, talk about it and the, do the hard work. And in this case, the hard work is not hard. It's just download the program and listen to it. Get it on your phone. Uh, you can listen while you're driving home. You can listen to it. At, uh, at the gym you can't you, you don't have to download it you can listen to do it right from your computer um, but go to tinyurl.com and uh, tinyurl.com slash donor secrets get the program it comes with a free uh, report written report as well uh, where we uh, we detail um, all the reasons people uh, told us they give big gifts all right go do it You've, you've listened to this. You've listened to me talk. Now go listen to the donors talk. All right. Tiny URL.com slash donor secrets. Hey, if I could be helpful to you, uh, please reach out to me. My email is Clark Vand, or I'm sorry. That's my, uh, my personal email. My, uh, uh, shoot me an email at Clark at major gifts, fundraiser.com. Clark at major gifts, fundraiser.com. You can find me on Twitter, at major gifts pro all right uh have topics you'd like me to take on in an episode uh shoot me an email resources you're looking for i mentioned in other episodes shoot me an email clark at majorgiftsfundraiser.com thanks have a great day